between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Glory to your name. We just reverence you, our Lord and our Savior. We worship you. We ask that you will accept our worship today. Accept our hearts. That's our offering to you. Beyond our songs, Lord. We ask that today the offering of our heart will be acceptable this morning to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for another moment of blessing, another wonderful and awesome time to be blessed by you, Jesus. Our heart proclaims our love for you this morning. We're coming as lovers, people who are in love with you. Lord, we ask that we will experience another release of mercy from you this morning. Thank you for every heart that is keyed into your frequency now to hear you, to hear your words from your mouth, Father. Only in your son are those words, the words of eternal life. We ask that those words will find us this morning. <coughs> Help us to to rise above the thoughts of men and thoughts of the natural and help us to find spiritual thoughts that will edify our soul and that will bless our soul this morning. I ask for the grace for understanding, the miracle of comprehension that we will comprehend at the level which your heart desires. We receive the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ in our midst and Lord we ask for baptism and we ask Father the baptism of the, the measure the operation of the spirit that is bringing this thought and this understanding that no heart Lord will escape that encounter this morning thank you Lord Jesus break us again and uh, make our hearts willing again to hear your words. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Um, are you happy to be here? Okay. Please uh, welcome somebody. Say, I am happy to see you this morning. Um, just tell them I'm, I'm, I enjoy... I enjoy worshiping God with you. Amen. I enjoy your company. I love you. <laughs> See, I'm in, I'm in love with you. Do you know? Do you know that? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you praise. Amen. 
Um, let us let's open the scriptures this morning. Um, let's open to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Praise God. Can we thank God for the choir and uh, for <laughs> praise God? Can we appreciate God for my wife for her, for the grace? Jesus. I think on Wednesday, right, we read uh, we read Matthew, right? What verse was that? What chapter? 20. How many of us remember the message of Wednesday? Do you? <laughs> huh? Did you remember it? I think we, in uh, towards the end of Wednesday, Ah, huh? nobody remembers. Huh? Okay, we read Matthew. What? Are you sure? Praise God. Amen. My brain was telling me Matthew twenty-three or twenty-four or something. Amen. I don't know why. Uh, Matthew nine. Okay. Let's see, let's see verse, uh, praise God. <clears throat> Matthew 9 verse, from verse 14. Thank you, Father. Matthew nine fourteen. it says, then came, then came to him the disciples of John saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, and, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, can the, can the children of the bridegroom of the bride chamber, the children of the bride chamber, can they mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and they, then shall they fast. Verse 16, and no man put the piece of new cloth onto an old garment for that which is put in to fill it up, take it from the garment, and the rent is made worse. And neither do men put new wine onto old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are what? Both are preserved. Both are preserved. Thank you. Praise God. Mm. Verse 15. I, um, so Jesus said, How can, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the 
as long as the bridegroom is with them. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall shall they fast. Praise God. Um, what, what does that mean? Jesus was just talking about the the reason for fasting is because of the the. Um, why do you fast? You fast because of the deficiency uh, that the praise God, the deficiency of the of the natural body in being able to, or the deficiency of the soul actually, mainly the soul. Um, being able to fasting, be fasting naturally to the things of the spirit. Praise God. The soul not being able to what? Be fasting to the what? To the things of the spirit. So the reason for fast is to, to, to limit the the conversation that the soul has with the body and to increase the conversation that it has with its spirit and with the Lord. You understand that? Praise God. So that's the reason for fasting. So fasting in itself does not really, is not something that God, that pleases God by itself. Fasting is not righteousness. That's just all I'm trying to say. So the reason for fasting is actually to help man be able to to tune in to, to, to a particular kind of um, conversation for the soul. Praise God. As opposed to, so when you fast, fast means denying the body certain things so that attention can be given to the things of the world, of the spirit. So fasting is, a, is an instrument, is a tool. And so these Jews were fasting a lot, but... The, their fast was meaningless um, because the purpose of fast is for upward transaction. But they were not having any upward transaction. They were just fasting religiously, <laughs> right? Because it was in, their, in the laws and the, the instructions given to Moses concerning fasts in Israel. Praise God. Um, but Jesus is saying that there's no need for them to fast because the thing that men fast for is with them. You know what I mean? Why, why do they need to fast? That what men fast for is to break into conversations higher than them. But all the necessary conversation that these men need to have, I, I, I am, they, I'm, I'm here with them. I am. You know what I mean? Praise God. Like we having to pray and fast and say, Lord, is this your will, O oh God? And we pray for weeks. The Lord, can you just tell me what you want me to do? But they can just ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you think about this thing? <laughs> Amen. Um, so, and it wasn't just about talking to them. It was also Jesus with them, the bridegroom with them. Jesus was, because they were not doing their own things. They were following Jesus. So, nobody can follow Jesus and not be sanctified in your soul. As you are following him, you'll be finding your soul is getting purer and purer. So these men were, they were, they were actually undergoing, in these three and a half years, they were undergoing 
manual physical sanctification by the physical following of Jesus. When Jesus said, let's sleep, they sleep. When they say, let's wake up, they wake up. It's time to go to Galilee right now. They will say, okay, no problem, we are going. And they will go with him. Amen. And so as Jesus was following the Lord, they were following Jesus. And by followership, and this is a miracle that uh, is an awesome thing that men ought to learn. Um, one wisdom is that if you're not too sure about where to go, or where you, the way to where you want to go, and you find someone who knows the way, don't be proud. You can follow them. Do you know that through following men, you can get sanctified and you can get purified? In fact, men, God reaches men through men and God teaches men these ways so that the men can be what? They can also help other people to find what? The way. Imagine this kind of being a, a physical man saying that me being with you means you don't need to fast. Because everything, every transaction they needed to have with God, they could have with Jesus. And it was valid. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you know this thing will happen again in the last days. The Bible says in the last days that some men will be like shelters from the wind. And in that day, seven women will take hold of one man and say, look, don't pay our, we don't, we don't, don't pay our, we'll feed ourselves, we will take care of all our things, don't worry about anything, we just want to bear your name. Of course, that's a metaphor, he's not talking about polygamy, he's talking about, <laughs> praise God, <laughs> don't get ideas of, uh, amen, it's, it's talking about the, uh, that man, the word man means, means a, a development, Some, a soul that heaven has developed. Praise God, you'll find that people will begin to take shelter on developed people upon the earth. So that's normal. Amen. Um, my heart is really centered around staying around this area of the pattern of development. That's what the Lord has been talking to me about. And, and I want us to share more along those lines to see patterns. There are patterns of development in the scripture. And any soul that will be developed has to be developed according to what? The pattern. The pattern. Jesus, God builds according to pattern. Praise the Lord. Jesus was a pattern among the, 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 the most accurate thing of who Jesus was, was Jesus was the pattern for what men should be. Praise God. Now, verse 16, it says that no man put a piece of new cloth onto an old garment... For that which is put in to fill it up, taketh from the garment, and the rent is made what? Is made worse. So neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are what? And both are preserve. And so this place is talking about the soul, the nature of the soul, it's, and the soul's ability to respond to God in the way that God has designed for the soul to respond. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, this place is talking about quality of material. Amen. Now, the wine, I love this place says bottles. I think this is King James, but there are translations that say wine skins. Like, right? They say don't put new wine into what? 
wine skin. So that, at that time, the bottles were not glass. They were skins. They were skins of animals, like leather, that you used. So the same material that souls wear on them, or people wear on them, that's the same material they use to make bottles. Praise And that was, that was a technology of their time. All right. So those guys were, there's something about the, the skin and the wine inside. The skin, there's something about that skin that those guys use. There's a sense that they use back then that we've, we maybe have left. Praise the Lord. Now, the skin, um, like I said before, is, um, has two purposes. That thing called skin um, of an animal, like, like in, general, in Genesis, remember? That when Adam was naked, they found himself naked. First of all, he went to take leaves, fig leaves, and covered himself. And then God came and said, no, 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 this thing you're doing, you don't understand. You don't understand the technology of covering. That there's uh, things that, that cover, there's a design in nature for covering. And he said that this, the skin of an animal is a better covering than, are you getting what I'm trying to say? So it's a better covering praise the Lord, than leaves. Amen. So the, the skin, so the same skin that's used for covering is the same skin that's used for vessel. The vessel that will store wine. Vessel that stores what? Vessel that stores wine. The same kind of skin that's used to cover is the same kind of skin that's used to carry what? The wine. Amen. So, and that means that that skin, you now see here, let's read, praise God, that no man put a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up, take care from the garment, and the rent is made worse. So if you bring old and new, the old cannot keep up. You can't put them together. They can't keep up. Praise God. And if you use an old bottle and pour new wine into an old bottle, what will happen? It will what? Run out. The bottle will break. So new wine will break an old bottle. Now, this new wine here is the wine, praise God, here is actually the inward spirit of God. That's what they're using wine to mean here. The metaphor for this wine is actually the word, the inward spirit. Of what do I mean by the inward spirit? I'm talking about that which the Lord wants to pour inside, well, who? Inside man. What God wants to pour inside man is God's, not just the Holy Ghost. The wine is not just the Holy Ghost. The wine is not just what? The wine is not just the Holy Ghost. The, this wine here is actually the wine of God. Do you get my sense? The wine is what? The wine of God. The wine of God. Praise the Lord. The wine. Say new wine. New wine. There's difference between a new, new bottle and new wine. 
Praise God. Are you following me today? Praise the Lord. There is difference between new bottle and what? And new wine. There is difference between new bottle and new wine. So you're seeing a process here. Old bottle has to be changed to a new bottle to receive new wine. Do you see that? So, so the, the new bottle, the new bottle, praise God, is actually new bottle. When you say new, we're talking about the soul, right? We've been teaching these things that the soul first is old. It was first natural. Then it became old because of what? The, the world, the, the things that Satan has done to the soul. Then, now when you get born again, you have an old soul. Because of the nature of the old man. Now, you have to put off the old man according to the scripture. And then, put on the new what? Man. The new man. Now, the new man is Christ. The new man is what? Christ. Is Christ. The new man is Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, Christ is the vessel that God wants to fill up. Do you understand what I'm saying? That God cannot fill any other vessel that is not Christ. God cannot fill what? Any other word vessel that is not what? That is not Christ. Praise God. So God has to raise the vessel first. The vessel that can, that can take what is wine. Now, even in newness, there are levels of newness. There are levels of newness in the spirit. There are levels of newness. There are levels of what? Of newness in the spirit. So Christ is actually the beginning of newness. Do you agree with me? Christ is what? The beginning of newness. So think of newness as a nature. So when you say new, it means it wasn't there before. Now, why would they call Satan's, what Satan invented as old? Why? Because it is older than the natural man. Do you believe that the world is older than the natural man? So when it came to man, amen? The, when you look at the intelligence of the spirit with these words in the scripture, um, when they came, God gave man, man became a living soul. When he became a living soul, Satan, there's an, an old nature which Satan had from a long time ago. You know, before when he fell from heaven, how did he fall? It's by invention. Invention of something which God, amen, does not approve. So he invented things within himself. Those things are wills concerning. You see his conversation about against God was, I will, I will exalt my, my soul, myself above the stars of God. I will, Lord, I will stand even on the mount of the congregation in the side of the north. He said that I will, what? I will stand above the cloud, the height of the cloud. I will be like the most. How many times was it? Four times or so. I will, I will, I will. That was the scene of Satan. So that, that I will is not a thought that angels should have. 
It's not a conversation for angels. Amen. But when he manufactured that conversation, according to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28, he filled his mist with violence. That word violence means violations of order. So Satan is a violent soul. He violated order. How does he violate order? By corrupting the installation of God's will in himself with his own will that is outside what God has apportioned for him to have. Are you seeing that? So those nature, you see what we call worldliness. When you see a worldly soul, you are seeing somebody that's exhibiting and living out a life that Satan invented. Do you agree with me if you agree with me? That's all worldliness. A worldly soul is somebody who is what living out what a life that what Satan means the thought of worldliness. When he said the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the thought of lusting after things was Satan's own thought. It never existed before among the ranks of the creatures in heaven. Bless you, the Lord, all you his angels, Psalm 103, who excel in what? Strength, hearkening unto the voice of his word. That was David was speaking concerning the decadence of the angels. And bless you, the Lord, all you ministers of his that do his pleasure, his word, then his pleasure. Then bless you, the world, all his works in all places of his dominion. And bless the Lord, oh my soul. So you see, all the angels are actually, they are developed to be tuned to things that pertain to him. His, his, his. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's the angelic nature. But then you now saw another, someone now began to say, I will, I will, I will. That was the defilement of his word, person. The defilement of his person was the shifting out of the, the will of God, the focus on God, to the focus upon himself. So I'm from out of that conversation, that's where lusts were, were born. Lost is the engine that gratifies self. Lost is the power that is, when a man has lost, lost wrestles with a person. When you want to look beyond yourself, lost to say, no, you are the one that's important. Think more about yourself. There are other things about yourself you need to consider in this matter. That's lost and what? And pride. So those are inventions of Satan, of the satanic nature. So the what we call the world, worldliness. Amen. Came. So that thing is very clear then that worldliness existed before the living soul. The nature of the worldly nature, which is, and which is the ungodly nature, and even the satanic wicked nature, which is Satan's own nature, which is higher than the worldly nature. You believe that someone who, someone who made something is greater than that thing. Do you agree with me? So in the spirit, the worldly nature is not the worst nature. There is there's also the satanic nature, which is the nature of Satan himself. Praise the Lord. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? Uh-huh. So this thing, that's why any, any man who takes of that nature... They say, look, ah, you just you are taking something old. And the reason why it's old is because when Satan invented that life, they, God did away with it. 
That's what makes, makes it what? Makes it as old. It's actually, it's a rejected pattern of living. Living worldly, you're living a, a rejected life. A life that heaven excreted and threw away. That's what men have taken. And men, you know, the, the thought of living by yourself, thinking on yourself, satisfying yourself, gratifying yourself, thinking only upon your own things and serving your lost is actually is an, is an, is a, is a pollution. It's actually, what is it? It is something that has been rejected from the arena of life. God, they sent him out, and all of the angels who had such, who had infected with such thought, they moved all of them away from heaven. So it's actually before man came. There's an that worldliness, the nature of deviation from the will of God, is an old thing. There were there was I don't know how long, but there was a long time when there was a great divide between God and His angels. And Satan and his own angels. And then when they refer to them, they refer to them that old world. That's what they are. Amen. Everything in hell is old. All the natures of darkness. They are what? They are old. They are forgotten. They are past in the mind of God. God has, God has done away with them. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? It's a, it's a, it's a past thought. The thought of thinking of, upon your own things. And caring for yourself alone is a, is a past forgotten thing. It's a thing of old. Do you, you get what I'm trying to say? But in the present, it's like that's the in thing. Think for yourself. Do your own thing. Self, what do you call it? Self-confidence. Self, eh? Self-love. Praise God. <laughs> self-love, self-everything. Everything that is selfish is passed away. Amen. So, but you now found that, and this, was, this is the sadness of what happened in Genesis. You now found the man that God created now took of that old thing and now began to, now found a way to bring it into, the, into humanity. And then humanity now began to live. You now, you now check, imagine the sadness in heaven. When they look through all the men on the earth, this one is old, 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 old. They, all the life, the life, the old life, which they have rejected in heaven, men now took it. And that's the, that's the life we are living. Do you know that it's been said that right now, the life that we see on the earth, we don't know what man was supposed to be like. We actually don't know what man looks like. That's why... It's, it's very silly to take a cue of how to live your life by looking out. How are they living? What did they do? Oh, by this age, they get married. By this time, this is when they do this. This is when they do that. At this stage of life, I should have been, I should no longer be an entry level. I should be a director or something. Based on what standard? It's based on <laughs> an old life. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Amen. So, so that thing is what God is trying to, to, to deal with. Amen. So the beginning of newness is Christ. That's very clear. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. Any man being Christ, a new creature, old things have passed. So that word old thing passed away is talking about the, any, anywhere you see Christ, it, 
it by, by, it by definition, it means the passing away of old things, of the old nature. Christ is the answer to the old nature. If any man be in Christ, if the spirit man be in Christ is a new creature, old things are passed away. If the soul man be in Christ is a new creation, old things are passed away and all things have become new. You now realize that the spirit man can be in Christ, but the soul is not yet in Christ. So if the soul is not yet in Christ, old things have not yet passed away from the soul. Hence the giving of scripture to the church to make old things pass away. So, you see, many of us Christians, we are holding on to the life of our, you see that your dead spirit that you got, that, <laughs> that they removed when you got born again, is life, is what we are still living. Most of us. We don't really know the life. We've not been able to interpret the life in your spirit. To interpret the life that is in your spirit only the interpreter of that life is actually, it, only, it would take the Holy Spirit through, the, through the, the scriptures, what has been written concerning that life, to interpret that life to what? To the, so you cannot make old things pass away unless new things has been interpreted to the soul. So you must learn a new thing for an old thing to do what? to pass away. Praise the Lord. So, so you're seeing this thing of bottles now. Vessel. So this vessel is the soul. Praise God. The vessel is what? The soul. So it means that if there is a new bottle, Christ, the Christ nature is the beginning of newness. Do you agree? It wasn't there before. It wasn't there before. The new kind of man is what is created. But Christ is not the only thing that is new to man. After the nature of Christ, you now discover that there is another nature called the nature of God, which is also a new nature. Now, the New Testament is the, is the curriculum of new things. Praise God. What did I say? The New Testament is the what? Is the curriculum of new things. The New Testament is the curriculum of what? Of new things. Or you can call it New Covenant. Do you agree? New Covenant. You can call it New Covenant. You can call it New Word Testament. The Testament is the covenant. Do you know the difference between Testament and Covenant? Testament, testament is a sitting will. This, that's the testament. It's written there like a paper. Here, something can be written down or the scripture. You can say, oh, there's a testament there. But a testament becomes a covenant um, to... You don't teach new covenant. You teach the new testament so that the new covenant can be established. Covenant is the agreement with the testament. Do you agree with that? So, when you say, I'm under the new covenant, most people are not under the new covenant. Do you get? Being born again doesn't make you under the new covenant. 
When you are born again, it makes you a student of the New Testament so you can come under the new covenant. The new covenant is how much of the covenant do you have? Is how much have your soul agreed with the word, the New Testament? Do you agree with that? So the, the New Testament, as you are, the testament, how do they make covenant? How do they make covenant with, how does testament become covenant? Praise God. That's the whole job of the church is to make the testament become what? To make the testimony. Say testimony. Say testimony. Heaven, the present heaven there is actually a temple of the testimony. The present, the present heaven is what? A temple of what? The testimony. So when you go into the temple in heaven, what they actually keep in heaven? Heaven is actually a great testimony. It's a great testimony. A testimony in terms of it is where the record of things that men should agree to is kept. God just kept it in the heavens. God foresaw that man will fall. He saw everything. So we have to keep heaven. So that heaven, heaven is there for a testament. Every time a man wakes up, I'm just using the, the physical, the metaphorical design which God has put in the physical world concerning spiritual things. You understand what I mean? So why heaven? When someone walks out and you look up at the sky, you can't escape it. When you, in the morning, that's what greets you in the morning. Anytime you look up, do all your business, look up, you see it there. This the firmament, the physical heaven you see. That is what man sees when he looks up. He's spread across. That's what heaven is. That's how heaven should be to a soul. So every soul should have heaven spread over them for them to look. Heaven is where the pattern of newness is, comes from. So when men don't look up to heaven, they will not be able to interpret the mind and the will of God concerning themselves. Does that make sense to you? Amen. So now you now find that in heaven, the testimony of new things in heaven is, it contains the beginning of new things are the things of Christ first. That's the first new thing that man must have. And then man must then come into the things of who? The things of good. Is this very, very clear? Things of Christ and then what? Things of what? Of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, while I was just answering them, I want us to see, look, look deeper into this place, this Matthew chapter 9, and see why Jesus was answering them in this way. So, they asked Jesus about fasting. Jesus answered in verse 15. He says that, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast. Then he continued and began to speak about the, the wine skins, and he spoke about the garments, and then why old must become new to receive new. Praise God. Why, what does that have to do with fasting? This is Jesus' sense, you get what I mean? It wasn't, they mean that in Jesus' heart, there is a, there is a thought. This was answering 
what Jesus, what the question that was asked to what by these people. You have to go to the reason for fasting. Praise God. A fasting um, is actually like a religion. I was saying before, it's like almost like a religious thing according to the way the Jews did it. Fasting is a religious thing, but it's an, it's an activity but that did not pay attention the way the Jews did it. It was an activity that didn't pay attention to the main, the main dealing that souls should be going through. Praise God. The main what? Dealing that souls should be going through. The, soul, the dealing that souls should be going through should be two things. Number one, how to change. And then, and how to be filled. How to change. And how to what? How to be filled. How to change. And how to be filled. Praise God. How to do what? How to change. And how to what? And how to be filled. That's the, the business of what? Of development. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you getting the sense of what I'm saying? So, um, now, the problem with religious mindset is that religious mindset is not, um, is not sensitive to change. Praise God. Religious mindset doesn't, religion doesn't see God through the lenses of change. Amen. Religion um, sees God through I don't know what the word is like. Um, religion is an attempt to it's an attempt to appease not just God, but it's an attempt to appease God and to appease because there's something inside the soul that is that makes the man not just able to do what he likes. If you do the wrong thing, something will be crying inside here that ah you've made you've done something bad. You're injuring me. You're killing me. I'm dying. That's the conscience. Or uh, praise God, or that is not just the conscience, that is actually the spirit. It's the spirit of man. That the spirit of man is that baby of God that needs to be protected. That thing on the inside that needs to be protected is crying. Why are you doing this? You're hurting me. You're hurting me. And a, a, a Christian can feel that, can sense that cry from your spirit, man, when things, when they go against things. Or do, do things that are not right in the sight of God. Praise God. And so the, the religion is an attempt to appease that thing on the inside. And at the same time to try and appease God. Are you seeing that? So religious thing. But Jesus now, Jesus saw where their question was coming from. That these guys don't feel that my people are righteous because they are not fasting. They are not doing that thing, that religious activity, which they ought to be doing to calm their conscience down and to do what? And to try make an attempt at appeasement of God. And it's very clear these guys were not doing those things. Jesus didn't take them to the temple to go and sacrifice and all of those things. And that was one of the problems that the Jews had with Jesus, was that Jesus wasn't doing those things. So Jesus saw their thought, and then Jesus now began to speak 
about the about the what the focus of man should be. Touch this began to touch the conversation that religion does not touch. That what religion, what Jesus was saying is that religion cannot see, cannot, cannot see the, the state, the oldness of man. The religion cannot see the, he can't see the oldness, he cannot see. So the guy that just finished fasting, he's very happy, he has fasted. I'm sure these guys, they fasted maybe recently or something. That's probably why they came to say, Jesus, why are you guys not fasting? Their religious, what do you call it, impetus, rose up very high. And then they began to query Jesus and his people for fasting. Praise the Lord. Now, but Jesus could see that thought and say, there's something you are not seeing. You don't have, religion cannot see the old man. I don't know if you're getting what I'm trying to tell you today. That the moment you enter a religious frame, you, you go blind. To make you see, you must step out of a religious frame. Then you begin to see. Once you step into a religious frame, you go blind. You won't be able to discern the oldness. The oldness, the old the nature, the old nature, the oldness in man. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So Jesus was trying to tell them, look, this whole thing, you are trying to patch. You're trying to patch new and old. Actually, where Jesus was actually going to was the fact that they, were, they are trying to drink, to receive the wine of God inside an old vessel. They are trying to, the, the religion is an attempt. You're trying to, they're trying to receive the wine of God. Now, let me tell you something about God's wine. This thing called the wine of God. God's wine does not flow without, without, it doesn't flow without peace with God. Do you get what I'm saying? When you say wine, the wine of God, what is the wine of God? The wine of God is the, is the sweetness, the sweet spirit. The wine of God is the release of the inward, the inward charisma of God, the inward character. The inward nature of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? That thing, is a, that thing is a great treasure that God will not release to somebody. And you see, the wine of God is the, is the deep thirst of a religious man. That's why they, when you see a religious soul, they don't stop, they don't get tired. They're not tired of sacrificing. You know, the, the Jewish nature. They come back year after year, constantly. There's something pushing them. If you see a Jew today, they are like that. They, a Jew can't stop doing giving alms and doing charity. There's something driving them because of their Jewish religion. It's the, it's the need for atonement. They constantly feel their sin. They need to do something about it. That thing is a thirst. Actually, the only thing that can quench that thing is the wine of God. That unless, until a soul has received the wine, I'm not talking about just the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the inward word, that the, the, the satisfaction for a soul, until that wine touches the soul, the soul can never be satisfied. 
the soul will still have a yearning, a yearning for something. Give the soul everything, wrap the whole world, throw it inside the soul, the soul will still be empty. Because it hasn't what? The soul is meant to be satisfied by his God. The nature of God. And that wine of God, like I'm saying, when I'm saying wine, see, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about feeling the presence of God. You understand what I'm trying to say? I'm not talking about just feeling God's presence. Oh, I just experienced God today. My soul is satisfied. That's not his satisfaction. What I'm saying is that no soul will be satisfied until they receive the nature of God. Actually, the soul, what, what God, what will satisfy his soul is a final resting of agreement. That I now agree with God. Now I'm okay. But that agreement, you can't think it, you can't confess it, you can't assume it. After confessing and assuming, you go and cry at night because you know that there's something about God that's still different from your own word, your own person. So, so you're seeing the thought behind the covenant or behind the testament. Amen. The, the Bible said in the book of in Hebrews chapter 10, he said that this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel. He's explaining what covenant, like I just said before, what covenant means. Do you agree with that? That this is the covenant I will make with the house of who? Israel in those days that I will put my law in their mind. And what? Write it in their heart. So the, the putting of the law in the mind and writing it. That law is already a testament, but it hasn't been agreed to. So it's not really a covenant. So say, this is the covenant I will make with the house of who of Israel in that day. I will put my law in their mind and write it upon their heart. And then no man will say unto his neighbor, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the world, for, to the greatest of them. Praise the Lord. And so this, this thing of covenant, Jesus was talk, talking about the secret desire of every soul is to actually receive the wine of God. That, and he spoke about that in verse 17. But he now began to say, first of all, to receive that wine, the soul must, must change. The soul must be what? Trans, transformed. Amen. Um, in, uh, let's see what Paul told... Um, Timothy. Praise God. In 2 Timothy. So before that, um, do, do we understand what I'm saying about the two, the two functions of the soul? Right? So the, the religious soul, the religious person who is having that yearning on the inside, actually is actually a cry, or every soul has that desire. It's a it's the desire from the depth of the spirit to actually be covered and be clothed. That's the problem religion is trying to solve, is that men feel naked. See, everything that men are doing is because of the nakedness. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The feeling that Adam had in the beginning, right from that time, hasn't gone away. All of man's problem is how to be clothed. When Cain then left and went away, that was his, he was crazy about it. Instead of looking for clothing from God, he now began to do all kinds of things, began to give children and give birth to all, just kept giving birth anyhow. 
right, to children. Because the Bible says children are a defense. Children are what? Actually, children are a covering on a, on a man. Do you agree with that? When, when Abraham was, he didn't have a child, he asked God, what do, will I get seeing I go childless? And then God, God knew what that question meant in his heart. He said, then God told him, look, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. So that will tell you that teen of children is a desire for covering. A man, a solitary man doesn't feel covered. He's looking for something to cover himself. That was Cain's problem. He began to have children and he began to build cities. So you now realize that the, the drive for inventions and all these things on the earth is just desired. It's a feeling of nakedness that's, that's seen brought to man. That man is trying to atone for all of man's exploits, so-called exploits on the earth. Is, but all of those things can never solve that problem. Praise God. So covering, the covering, and that, that thing is a valid desire. Don't ignore that thing. The Lord wants to travel deep somewhere to, this morning to make us see the, the, what is, you know, some of us don't know what is inside our depth. Some of us don't even know why you're even here. Some of us don't really know. It's not everybody here. I don't assume that everybody here is understanding everything I'm saying all the, the whole time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Praise God. If I ask everybody, what did I see last week now? Let's go from mic to mic. You know, say, remember one thing or something. Praise God. But the, the real reason why we are around God is not because we know everything. It's because there's just something we can't ignore. It's on the, it's on the depths of us. Uh, you know what I mean? And then when the, the, the New Testament is actually is, is answer, help, answer. When, when the true ministry of the New Testament is going forth, one of the things that happens to souls, souls who are okay, is that they can smell their covering. Even though they might not fully understand it, they can sense that ah, this, where this thing is going to, ah, is going to, it's going to be the answer to what? To the deepest yearning of my heart and of my soul. But rather, when you, if you leave the, the scripture alone and you go and pursue things, for everything you are pursuing, you are afraid. You are, what are you afraid of? You are afraid of Hey, what kind of would this bring another level of nakedness? But as the devil deceives us that those things will bring covering, but it actually don't bring covering to the soul. The, the, the reason why for lust and pride is to satisfy the soul, but it's a lying satisfaction that does not really satisfy, but rather it steals away from what? From the soul. Praise God. So now, God's design, this is the answer. How God designed for the spirit of man to be clothed is to be clothed with a soul, with his soul. The soul is what? Is the covering for the spirit. The way the body is the covering for the soul. 
the soul, the spirit wears the soul, the way the, the soul wears the body. They're actually coverings for each other. The soul of man is meant to cover his spirit and to protect it. But what happened was sin entered the soul and then opened up the doors. By one man's disobedience, sin entered into the world and then death through sin. Meaning death gained past it. And then death passed upon all men. Have you read that? Death passed. Mean death had passage. Passage. Death will see a soul. I have passage here. Why? Because this soul is porous. That's the old man. The old man is the porous man. The old man is the man that is defenseless. When Satan comes, Satan can breeze through and he can do whatever he wants because of why? Man's lust and his pride inside his heart. No lustful or prideful man can have a defense against Satan. When, when Satan, Satan, the devil, praise God, the devil can, if you have lust and pride, the devil can lead you any day, any time. Any day, any time, the devil can lead you. You don't need, to, and it doesn't, it's not by dreams. It's not by making you dream and see. So no, 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 you will just be, you will just be moving according to, I say the cause of this world. You are here quick in Ephesians chapter 2 who were once dead in trespasses and sins. It means those who are dead in trespasses and sins are those who walked according to the cause of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the same spirit that walketh in the children of what? Disobedience. So every soul that has the old nature is a candidate to be led by the devil. You'll be led by the devil. He said, God doesn't tempt any man. He said, but men are tempted when they are led away. By what? God doesn't tempt man, but man is tempted when he is led away by his what? Are you seeing that, that statement there? It's not a, a spirit pushing them by force. Hey, go and sin right now. Or a demon saying, hey, look, on that gunpoint, you must fornicate tonight, whether you like it or not. <laughs> the leading into sin is of his own. Say own. So the way leading, leading occurs by ownership in the spirit is what men have owned that leads them. They are lost. It's their own, their own lost. Any leading that doesn't, that's not by ownership is not, won't, won't be long. It won't, it won't tarry. It won't, after a while, the heart will disconnect. I'm not interested in this thing. That what happens is that after a while, men will do what they love and what they lost for. thing that they lost after is what men eventually do. And when men are flowing in their lust, they are not fighting. It's just a normal coasting, cruise control in, in their own lust. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So this is the thing. That old man, that old man is a, is a, is a vile, deadly, is a bad nature. It's a bad creature. Because Satan knows that anywhere the old man is installed, I have access in this house. In fact, this house is my own. I can leave it. I can use it. I can do whatever I want to do in that place. So, 
So, so but God, God's design is that the spirit be covered and clothed by the soul. Now, you now see that how will this, the spirit can never be secure except a soul that is, that, that is what? A soul that is saved. That's the word. A saved soul is a soul that has the, it has the, the material strength. It has the material strength to shield the spirit from the encroachment of death. The purpose of spiritual development is to develop soul that has that capacity that can stop the encroachment of death. To stop the encroachment of death. To keep life inside. That's the, that's the, that's the sense, the metaphorical you know, design of the skin of an animal. It's keeping the life inside. It's stopping infections, bacteria, viruses, all kinds of things from having access into the life which is keeping. Say skin. Skin, that's what skin is. Skin is actually designed to, to keep life on the inside. So that's why skin is used as the instrument for covering. The old garment there is a, is a skin that is damaged, that has no strength, that can no longer cover. Is a, is a useless garment. A worldly soul is a useless garment. It can't defend. When imagine, a, imagine you have a gate man that when arm robber is coming, they are, welcome sir. Where do, we've been waiting for you since. And that's somebody's security guard. Please, do you need help? I can help you carry things. You need which, which room do you want? Are you going to the, the master bedroom? I have the key. I can open that door for you. That's what an unsaved soul is. To a man. So every, every, every man who has an unsaved soul is in danger. Is in danger. It's just, it just hasn't happened yet. But that spirit is, is heading towards death. See, whether you're born again or not, because your spirit is alive, like I think I stressed this last time, that it's not a time to relax. What to him that is at ease, what? In Zion. Don't be at ease. Because this is Zion. Zion is the, is the mountain of, of change. It's not a place where you, should, where you should be at ease. It's a place where you should keep climbing. Just keep climbing. Because there are winds that blow in Zion that can knock souls off when they're at ease in Zion. Praise God. So, the, the, the soul is the security of your spirit man. And for it to do, they must then save it. To, they have to save it. The way they, you save a soul is by giving it, making it new. Taking it through the journey of new things. Newnesses. Praise God. So you see that covering side? Then, you know, then I, I said last time that this is the, the wisdom of Jesus here. He's saying two things at the same time. That when you turn that thing upward, that thing which is saved, which can shield, can now become a vessel. There's a time God will take souls and turn them and pour his wine inside it. 
Do you know, the reason why God made men is to drink from them. How I many of you know you know that? Do you know that? That's all why he made you. Just I, I just want I just want new I want new new bottles. I want I want new vessels to drink from. I want and I want many of them. So I can be I can be choosing. God wants to be enjoying us and using our soul to drink. It's for the delight of God. For thou art created all things, and for thy pleasure they are. And well, so the purpose of your soul is to God should be to be drinking His wine out of your soul. <laughs> what is God's wine? God's wine is, is that which is, is His own wine, you know, is His own nature, but He drinks it. He drinks it to get Himself drunk, and then He drinks it again, and He, continue, he continues to drink it. That's their fellowship. That fellowship with the Father of the Son is a fellowship of drinking. It's actually a fellowship of cup. You know, cup has to do with communion, like Last Supper. It's what they are eating together. What they drink. There's, there's a wine they drink in the Godhead. Is the, the wine of eternal life. Is the, the wine of an ending life. See, in God, you know all they do? You know all they do? All they do is celebrate their endlessness. What I mean by endlessness is that they are in a realm where sin cannot, cannot get there. Nothing that defies can get there. Nothing that is harmful can get there. It's called an, a realm of eternal salvation. I imagine God having a thought to then bring you into that place. To bring you into that place, to fellowship with them. But you see, to even make us even get excited by what I'm saying, I have to try and try and why? 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 Can you ask yourself why? Because, eh? What's that? <laughs> see, We are getting to that place where salvation will not just be an English in Scripture anymore. Yeah. We are getting to a point where salvation will be an experience. Yeah. One day you go and visit him and say, my brother, are you, I'm just going to check on you. How, are you. how are you enjoying this salvation thing? He said, this is not better than that for my, you know, that thing we were doing before, all those nonsense and all those Hmm? Then he will be giving you his own salvation stories. And he will be, giving, he will be sharing stories of salvation. There are other things to think about than trying not to sin. You were not born to be. <laughs> that's not the, that's not, that is not human, human experience. That God designed every day. Ah, I, I fail today, God. Don't worry, I'll try tomorrow. I'll do better tomorrow. You know, that's the way many of us are constantly. Ah, ah. Temptation doesn't end. When you feel like you've overcome it, the same thing will come again in, evil, in a worse dimension. In a dimension you've not seen. <laughs> that is not how it's meant to be. How do I know? 
That's not what God is. Is God every day trying not to sin? Is that what they are doing? Or, and you think that in their world they are just bored. There is nothing to do. Uh, we are just, we have overcome everything. Devil doesn't come here. I'm almighty. Nothing to do. You not discover that in their world. Hey. You, 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 feel that, you feel things are going on in this world. There's nothing happening here. You know when you go see men busy, just go downtown, see everybody. Uh, busyness, things. Uh, everything they are doing is dead. But imagine, imagine the, the person who Imagine the person who invented the concept of living. You think he has nothing that, they are, that he's doing there? That they are just, um, you know, the idea of heaven. That's why some of us don't even, we haven't concerned about going there. <laughs> Kai, when you think of this rapture thing, hey, Jesus, wait, small, <laughs> At least let me have children, have a wife, enjoy this, because... The, the image that religion has painted of that heaven thing. Kai, you just be doing this <laughs> every day. God, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> it's because we have, many of us have not even, we've not tasted of life a little. When you taste life a little, hey, you now realize. So imagine me living in a place where this is, this is, Jesus called it life more abundantly. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. His right hand pleasures, oh my God, pleasures forevermore. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. The way the Lord explained it to me is to think of the most pleasurable thing that you ever experienced. Multiply that by infinity. And then imagine experiencing it continuously. That is what the presence of God is like. Our, our vessel can't even handle pleasure. That's why we have to take out this one and give us one that can handle eternal pleasure. See, we don't know what you're talking about when you're thinking of God. Though. You don't know what... Someone can go to school for how many years for PhD and the real drive behind that PhD is just... You know that feeling... PH doctor. Are you seeing that feeling? And they can do seven years school just to get that feeling. But we're not just talking about a feeling here. Amen. See, <laughs> praise the Lord. The Lord will help us. I'm just trying to magnify salvation. Is that okay? I want salvation to be something desirable to you. Something that you will long for. That you, you will make up your mind, in this life, I'm going to be saved. In this life, I'm going to be saved. In this life, I'm going to walk the earth, a saved soul. A soul that sin and death has no... Oh, I love that song I was singing yesterday. I live in hostility. To sin, I'm a villain to death. Eternal life will prosper here. What wonderful lyrics. That will be your, your experience. You're going to reign in life. See, the Bible says that where sin abounds, even that place where sin used to abound, grace did much more. 
much more abound. See, we who have received the, the, the fullness of what? And the gift of what? Of righteousness shall reign in life through the one. Reigning in life is where they want to get you to. Reigning in life. That sin will no longer have dominion over you. Amen. Amen. So, so, so God's desire, so the, the design of the soul is to be a, a, a fitting, competent covering for you to make you safe and also to, to then become a vessel. So it's the same, what I'm it's the same nature, the same fa- fabric that covers is the same one that, that is used. That's just the design. When you see a soul, that's what a soul is. Like Lucifer, in the angelic of the angelic soul, out of the high cadre of the angels, in the book of Ezekiel chapter 28, they began to say, take up a lamentation against the king, means lament concerning him. Means just fetch, fetch out matters concerning this being. Amen. Let's see that. Let's see that. I want us to read that place. Um, Ezekiel 28. Very quickly. Thank you, our Father. Did I see Ezekiel? Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 11, it says, um, that moreover the word of the Lord came unto me, saying that son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou stillest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, are you seeing just two things that the description of him, they went further, but they said that thou sealest up the sum. That was sealing is covering. Right? In verse 14, he said that thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And then that, I have said this so. So he sealed up the sum. Means he covers, but he is full. You see all the conversation about him here is in that, in, in that manner. They are speaking concerning his, his capacity as a covering. And then what is inside of him. And then when they found fault with him is what was inside Let's read on, please, very quickly. So thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. And now all of these stones, they actually speak concerning precious natures in the spirit. So he's saying that all these stones were thy covering. It means that if they are thy covering, it's talking about what actually were the ornaments of his soul. That even made him a covering. Our precious natures. Each of these stones, they mean something in the spirit. They actually preciousness. Things that are attached to the soul. That makes the soul able to cover. Amen. This, see, these stones, they are the hard, some of the hardest things, minerals, uh, existing. You can't break through them. Take a diamond, for example. In fact, you can't cut a diamond with anything. You have to use a diamond to cut a diamond. I have to look for a stronger diamond to cut it. That's, that's talking about the strength. A precious stone is what? 
is a oh my god a precious stone is a is a covering remember the the, the image of the bride that bride is the, is that the finished work of the lord when he had finished his the job he said he carried me away in the mountain onto a so he carried me away in the spirit onto a very high mountain revelation 21 and he showed me what the that great city Amen. The holy Jerusalem descending out of what heaven, having the glory of God. And then and her light was as what? Jasper. Even as a stone, most precious. So all those precious stones, they are not just shining, they are also hard stones. It means they are stones that cannot be broken. Natures that cannot be broken. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That, that is... That is the adornment of the bride. You know, one of the, 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 the biggest quality, the, the main quality they, are, they highlighted about the bride in the marriage. Let us rejoice and be glad. And the want give glory to God for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife had made herself ready. And later he said it was given unto her to be arrayed. Some of you are not already know these verses, okay? You can read them. You already know the, the verses. Amen. Maybe some of us, if you, if you maybe you, you come from a rotation where you have to read every single verse, I'm so sorry. Um, because of time, I'm looking at the time, and I'm thinking of everything that needs to be said. So, I hope you know that these messages, you don't just, just uh, listen to them today and then that's it. I'm sure we all know that by now. By now, we should all know that's the culture of the house. You have to go and listen again and again to get the blessing out of them. So, is, is it okay for me to just be quoting the scriptures? Uh-huh. Praise God. Amen. And he said he was given unto her to be arrayed with what? With fine linen, both what? Clean and what? White. And her what? Linen is the righteousness of saints. That was what was the quality. How did how when they say the wife had made herself ready? Then I explain what is the readiness of her that she has been arrayed with fine linen, both clean and white. So you see, that linen is talking about the covering upon the soul. So it's actually the, the state of the covering upon in the, in every man that determines whether they are, that will tell whether they are ready for what? For the bride. For the bridegroom. So that analogy of Jesus about the, these guys are with the, the bridegroom. Now that was the answer he gave to them. What it means is that what, what actually fasting and prayer is meant to, is trying to achieve is that it's marriage. It's marriage. The men are feeling separation. There's a desire in man to be married to their Lord. That's what men fast for. I mean, those religious guys and all of that. The fast, men fast for and do all their deeds for is for that, is that feeling of marriage. They want to be married. And Jesus said, look, these guys, they were not really married, but the bridegroom is with them. So let's suspend that thing for now. Allow them to enjoy what? The bridegroom. That thing you are fasting for, they are enjoying it in a measure. So please leave them alone. There will be a time when I will be taken away from them. Then they can fast. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Then you know later we're going to speak about the covering. 
about the wine skins. Praise God. Amen. So in, uh, in Ezekiel here, let's quickly read it. It says, Thou hast been in the Eden, the garden of God. In Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper. The sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. And the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so, and thou was upon the holy mountain of God, and thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So he was upon covering them, and he walked up and down in their work, in their midst. And thou was perfect in, the, in thy ways from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was what found where in thee. So the problem of Lucifer was what they what found in him. So imagine a, a, a being that God should have been drinking from. From after a while, he began to say to feel a sour, bad taste. This thing is not. Why is it not tasting well? What is going on? Remember, I said before that the the vessel interacts with the wine. After a while, God must have found that, look, even that vessel is also leaking out. <laughs> because a, a broken, a, a, a vessel like that can no longer carry the, the, the wine of God. Verse 16, by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the mist of thee. That mist means you're within. They have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast seen, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of what? Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So you see that Satan himself was like that. He was both a covering, that's what I want to show you. He was both a covering and he was what? He was also a vessel for God. He was a vessel for God and he was also a what? A covering. That's what God wants to make every, every soul, every soul upon the earth. Praise God. Let's see, let's see um, quickly, to, let's go to Hebrews. Or let's see Timothy actually. Timothy. Are you being blessed today? I don't know. Yes, Timothy, Timothy. Father, we thank you. There is something, see, there is something that, um, um, you know, the, the real satisfaction is the wine of God. Do you agree? That's the real satisfaction of the soul. The time when the soul concerning Jesus, the, the, the prophet said that, that he will see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. So it means the soul must travail before satisfaction. The season of satisfaction comes. The time of satisfaction is the time of reward. 
Actually, the reward of God is when God begins to pour his, his wine inside the cup of his soul. That's the season of birth. Before then, the soul must travail. So somebody in the season of travail can get discouraged. Why? Because they're not yet tasting of the wine yet. Now, when you're not tasting of the wine, it means you're not drinking in the li- into the life fellowship. When you're not drinking into the life fellowship, you will still have a, a feeling of separation. A great feeling of separation. To the extent that you can tend to believe, is this being really there? Do you know, someone can have that thought. Or we never have that thought. We are all, we are all very solid. That's, what do you mean? That was the very, I only thought about that when I hope. Why go? Now, that was the milk, you know, babies. That's the thought of babies. I am my God. I, we walk together. Jesus and me, we, I don't have any doubt, you know, my blessed assurance, Jesus. Amen. So, so that thought, so somebody who is, who is already becoming new, who is already has a cast Christ nature, who is even moving to everlasting life, can still be thinking, ah, this God. Ka, ka, ka. Well, I hope he's there. <laughs> because you've not begun to drink the wine, his wine yet. See, that wine is dissatisfaction. But there will be a day, if a soul can travail, if a soul can travail, if a soul can travail, whom have you not seen yet you love, continue to travail. One day, you will drink the wine of God. Now, in, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, In 2 Timothy 2, let's quickly read, it says, it says that, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purge himself from these, that he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and then meat, that word meat means fit or useful for the master's use. And then what? Prepared unto what? Every good work. Let's read it again. In the great house, they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. And then some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from this, that he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and then meat for the word. For the master's use. See, this, who is this master here? Is God. God is the master. And who, is the, who are the vessels? What are the vessels? Your souls and my souls. These are the vessels. This is the vessel that God wants to what? That God wants to use. Fit. So you have to be fit. Say fit. Fit for His use. Fit for His use. Fit. The soul has to be made what? Fit for use. Fit for use. Becoming fit for his use is the purpose of your life. 
That is why you exist. Praise the Lord. Right? For his pleasure they are and were created. That pleasure is his use. Amen. So verse 21, if a man therefore purge himself from these, now what are these? Praise God. What are these? What the man needs to purge himself from. Purge himself from. So the process of from becoming an old vessel to a new vessel involves a process of purging. Something has to be purged from the nature. Amen. For that vessel. Now, the, the development of his soul into a vessel that is acceptable to God and meet for his use has actually levels. There are different levels of approval of his soul. Amen. For his soul to come into what? The use for the master. Now, the 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 what man needs to be fully purged from is iniquity. But there are many things that lead, that different things that make up all the pollutions that a man should be what? Should be purged from. And we must, the scripture will help us to understand. Let's go back a little bit and see. Amen. Thank you. Glory to Jesus. Let's not go back too much. Let's see verse 14. Verse 14. Praise God. Verse 14. It says, Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of what? Of the hearers. They strive not about words to no profit, but to the what? So, verse of now, this striving to no profit is talking about the most of these guys he was speaking of. It's not just guys who are arguing about random things. He's talking about argument concerning doctrine. Argument concerning what doctrine? Guys who strive with words, but they can strive with words to no profit. And this has happened for a long time. In the body of Christ, we ask men, no, no, this is this one, no, it's the other one. When you are born again, you have once saved, forever saved. Amen. The other one said, no, no one saved, forever saved. In fact, the other one said, you can never be saved. In fact, you are already you are a sinner. It's the only reason why God is accepting you is because Jesus is dead. <laughs> Jesus. That every single sin you commit, Jesus is saying, God, please don't kill him. <laughs> but you are forever doomed. God will just manage you forever. That's all kinds of. Praise God. You see, two opposite. Um, Praise God. So, so men have, around the scripture, men have strived to no profit. But he's not saying that you should study to show thyself approved unto God. So this concept of being approved unto God is the same thought he, he followed that landed him in someone being a vessel unto honor, fit 
for the master's use. He's, still, he's touching and explaining the same concept. Is the concept of how a man can be approved unto God. How God can certify a man and say, this man is right. I can use this vessel. I can use this vessel. Amen. So, he's saying here that, first of all, you have to study. Then study to show yourself. Now, this study is not anyhow studying. The word study there, it means observe. Amen. But in your observing, shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Their word will eat as though the canker of whom Hermanus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the fate of some. This resurrection is past. This is new creation reality. Overblown. Overblown new creation realities. Now, they are new creation realities, right? I taught them. I've taught them for the last how many days? Praise God. You might not have been seeing that I've been teaching new creation realities, but I've been teaching that. But there's the overblown one where you attribute something that hasn't happened. Praise the Lord. As if it has happened. That's the thing. That the resurrection is past. So this resurrection is for souls. Why are you trying to get resurrected? Don't worry. Jesus, you were resurrected with Jesus on the last day. So just sit, enjoy your life. Enjoy your Christianity. That's the same thought. Paul is warning concerning that thought. Don't let anybody tell you that thing, that there's no need to pursue another resurrection. It's a resurrection of your soul. To, to be resurrected the way your spirit also was resurrected. It's not past. It's not past. You ought to pursue it still. So there are many guys who were teaching. See, this thing didn't start from, these evil spirits that peddle these things, eh? The same evil spirit that were teaching these guys this thing at this... How many AD are the same ones in the world today hanging around churches trying to discourage people from pursuing after the resurrection of their souls with all kinds of doctrine. Amen. It says, but, but shun profane and vain babblings for they will increase unto more ungodliness and their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hermenius and what fee letters. Who? Concerning the truth, I've heard saying that the resurrection is past already, and they do what? Overthrow the fate of what? Of some. Amen. So don't think, don't think that, I mean, the Bible says clearly that you should be found your whole spirit. Let's read that, please. We're going to come back here by God's grace. Amen. In the book of First Thessalonians, the end of First Thessalonians, Paul was writing concerning, in fact, that whole book. <laughs> it's good to meditate on that book, eh? You know the way Paul writes. Paul would teach doctrine. He would go deep into doctrine. Then at the end, maybe the last chapter, he would then begin to resolve it to, it would seem as though he's just giving outward things. And there's a way they might seem religious. Like, ah, Paul, he's not a man of deep doctrine. Why is he just telling you, hey, don't do this. Stop stealing. He that steals, steal no more. He that, after talking about deep truth, he began to address the guys who steal among them. Those who fornicate, stop doing it. 
Amen. It's because there are some of those key things that are, they are key, they are tied, you know, there are some weaknesses that are tied to deep natures on the inside. Now, somebody who is stealing, stealing is not just, a lot of times, someone who is really bound by stealing. It's not just thing. There's something behind this stealing. You can trace that thing deep into the soul. So the real sin is not just the outward stealing. The real is the evil. Something, maybe it can just be a sense of never, never being satisfied with what you have. A lot of times what leads to stealing is covetousness, right? When you covet something, and then what is behind covetousness? What is behind covetousness? It is the, the dissatisfaction. It's when a soul is empty, it gets covetous. Are you seeing? So you can trace those things way back. So sometimes Paul would then re, re, um, resolve all his teachings um, into very, very clear things. Amen. I love this chapter. Can I read it? Praise God. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's just read it very quickly. It says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a grief, as a thief, sorry. For ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. And therefore, let us not sleep. As to others, let us watch and be what? Sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Now, this thing between night and day, you know what they're talking about? It's not physical night and day, of course. Another is talking about night of the sanctuary versus day in the outer court. Night and day, just talking about those who are... The night, night is... Think of night as a different... It's like when it goes from day to night, it's like the world changed. And then those, when you are in the night, you can't see. You are in darkness. But when the day comes, wow. Like maybe you just move into a, 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 a new house or something and it's just all dark. And you, in the night, you don't know what's happening, what's in the house. But when the daylight comes, oh, wow. Are, it's like the world around you changes based on the light. That's just the nature of the soul. The light that a man is using to see determines what world he's living in. Uh-huh. So what they are saying in these last times, you will see a, a, a dichotomy of you will see on the world men, but they are living in different times. They are living in the same era, like now. But you can men can be living in the same era, but be living in different times. One is living in darkness, the other one is living in light. The person who is living in, in darkness or in the night here has no consciousness of God. He doesn't even care. It's just, yeah, it's time to party. Wow. Some people feel like right now, this 2022 now, this season, they feel like, ah, now humanity is beginning to actualize their potential. Yeah, people feel that way. People feel like, wow, finally. Ah, yes, now. 
this whole time women have been, you know, subjugated and been left. Imagine what would the world have been if women were emancipated this whole time and they had the freedom that men had. But now we thank God we are moving. The world is looking good right now. Women are free. They can go. They can become captains of industry. They can do anything they want to do. They don't need men. In fact, you know, anything a man can do, a woman can do. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? There are, then there are guys who feel like, wow, we've been living. You know this whole gender thing? That, ah, why, why are people so boxed, man, woman? Why, where did that thing come from? Now, you know, you can, it's fluid. You know, we're, we're gender fluid. You can flow into any gender you want. You can <laughs> flow. There are people who see the world that way. That to them, I mean, life is just starting. So, this is a season of great illumination. This is a season of great, wow, the world is just changing. Wow, we've been wasting. When they look back at the past, the days of the patriarchy, to speak, the world has just been under, you know, has been shackled by wicked white men. Now it's just time for the world to come into its full potential. You get what I'm saying? Because you have not of that persuasion, you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. But I'm telling you, <laughs> sir, <laughs> you, don't, you don't believe me, but I'm telling you, there are people who see, there are people who feel like they, their day is just dawning. They see possibility. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when you come on the, on the other side, you are crying every day. What is going on? This world is upside down. What is happening? Are people, are people gone crazy? Are people gone crazy on a mass scale? What's going on? Two walls. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? There are guys who feel like finally the bondage of religion is being broken now. Because when they look around the society, people don't really go to church anymore. A lot of the newer generation of kids don't even have a concept of God. They feel, hey, now souls are liberated. They can now, what are the possibilities? No longer bondage of religion and all of that. Souls can think whatever they can think. Life is free. Humans are free. Free at last. See, that's the thought. That's the world some people live in. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yes. That's the world people live in. But then on the other side is another sense of the world. Those who actually live in the day. Not who actually have light and who can see. You get what I'm trying to say? So, the Lord, what he's saying here is that you should be careful. Let's read quickly verse 8. Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of truth and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Of course, faith and love there means righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness is the breastplate of faith and love. And then the helmet of salvation who, of Jesus, by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Now, wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as, ye, as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exalt you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without season. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. 
Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Then abstain from all appearance of evil. And then verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the word coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he is faithful that called you and then who also will do it. Amen. How many of you here, your souls are blameless? Amen. So, I just want to show you that the reason for all these things that he's saying is so that you be preserved, both all spirit, what? Soul, and what? Body. So, you'll be found, what? Blameless. You must be found blameless before him. Praise God. Okay, let's just quickly try and round this up now. I'm in, uh, we're reading Second uh, Timothy. Am I correct? Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse, I think we stop at verse 19 or verse 18. It says, who concerning the truth have heard saying that the resurrection is what? Past already. So it's very clear that it's not past. There's the resurrection of the soul that must happen. The soul must also be raised and be found what? Blameless. As we just saw in, in second, um, first Thessalonians, amen. Now, verse 19, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having what? This seal, that the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from what? Iniquity. Now, that iniquity is what they were saying if any man poured himself of these. Verse 21, it was talking about this iniquity. Now, this foundation um, of God they are speaking of here, um, the foundation of God is, the, is what needs to be in place for God to begin to come to do his own work in man, right? What needs to begin to come for God to do what? His own work in man. Now, every... When you say study to show yourself approved unto God, studying is to study the... Study the, um, the method, the requirement, the knowledge, the way, the provision for approval. So, the word study actually means just acquire the knowledge. And acquire, but don't acquire knowledge anyhow. That's why they use the word study. What they're telling you is that it's not just something that we felt we, an impression like, for example, the impression that you're born again, the next thing is to go to heaven and then win more souls. That's, not an, that's an impression. You don't have actual scriptural backing. There's no way the Bible says that's what Christianity is about. 
but it's just an impression that we have. Why would we take that and stay there? It's because we didn't study. You discover that the goal we walk towards concerning approval to God, we took a route outside of study. That we not, we discover, and, and the attitude of studying means that if you don't yet understand it, accept, wait. Don't be presumptuous about it. Don't assume. Just summarize. You know, discover that for a long time, most of the New Testament has been closed to the church. We don't understand what those things are saying. We just read it. The easy, the easy ones, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are not really easy. But according to our own language, they seem easy. We dwell there and just pick what we want to pick from there. Based on our own conversation, we pick things from there. Then all the other books like Hebrews and Co. and then Revelation and all, that, all of that, we just, we just act as if they are not there. Amen. And then we don't really understand. We don't understand all these things. But outside of that, somehow there has been some sort of a picture painted of the hope of Christianity. But that picture, you don't see that picture in this place. You now see what actually is in the Bible is epistles, New Testament, of a man, Paul, wrestling with people who are born again for years. He spent time with them, teaching them, teaching them. After he goes, he will hear things, he will write to them again, addressing things, laying down the word, the foundation, an establishment of doctrine. For what? Development. That's the business of church. But now, that's not the business of church today. Today is something else. We don't do this thing. Are you seeing? Why? Why is that? Because of the attitude of study. Say study. So study doesn't just mean wear glasses and read for, you know what I mean? <laughs> or going to school of divinity. Doctor of divinity. Bible school. That's not what study. <laughs> study means be careful to arrive at the right knowledge. Because there is a right knowledge. See, this Bible is not, you know, this is my own interpretation. Well, well, we all see it differently. But on the last day, God will tell us, sir, it might be too late by that time. Don't worry, when we see God, God will tell us what actually Paul meant when he said this one. It might be too late by that time. The, because the, 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 this, this now is the season for the usage of what is written. So there must be that diligence to find out. Find out. You are not too busy. Look, that thing you are busy with is not as important as you think it is. You must find out, amen, Study, study to excavate and to be to align with the provision for what will make you approved unto God. Is that not important? It's not good to assume that you can uh, that God can approve you based on your assumption of how He wants you to be approved. That's why. 
we are lax with accuracy of in doctrine. Well, they interpret it that way. That's their own. This one it doesn't matter. I Me, mean, I just have my own interpretation here. Say, look, no, no, no passage of scripture is of any private interpretation. That's in the book of. See, first, second Peter. No prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation. It means that you can't. Scripture is not for you to interpret your own side. And this is my own understanding. That if you feel like you have your understanding, you have your own. That can happen. But you can't go and sit down and say, this is my own. No. It means that there's a problem there. It means we don't, you don't still understand. <laughs> uh, do you get what I'm trying to say? But, but there is actually unity of doctrine. When you look at Ephesians chapter 4, it was speaking about unity of doctrine. Till we all come. The reason for the giving of, of actually the fivefold. Why, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Is to resolve all these things. Right? That we might all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. It means there's a unity of the faith and there's a unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of what? Of the fullness of Christ. So, see, say pattern. That's all the Lord is telling us to us. Today. We've been talking about the oracle. We said the purpose of the oracle is the oracle is the provision of speaking. Thank you, Jesus. The oracle is the provision of speaking for accuracy. The reason why oracles of God is given is so that men will not assume anything. It's so that when the oracle is speaking, the oracle, through using the scripture, can bring about the clarity of the pattern of development. How a soul ought to be developed. That if a man is not developed like this, if he sees Jesus, Jesus will not say, ah, you tried now. What will we do? Okay, let me give you... I, I, you won't sit on the right side. Maybe you sit on the back of the throne. Stay on this side because, <laughs> because, because you tried. No, that thing, that thing seems wicked. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You wonder why are you so harsh now? Didn't they, were, didn't, didn't they, did they do evil? Did they say we stole money in your name? Did they say we killed people in your name? They didn't say we committed murder in your name. They said we casted out demons. We did many mighty works and all of that. But he said, look, depart from me. You workers of iniquity because I never knew you. Means we didn't have any, your deeds. There was no fellowship. You were doing your own thing. You, you, are, you, you ignored the pattern. Of development. So, what they're saying is that it's not just any vessel that God would take and pour his wine inside and be drinking. That vessel, in a house, there are many vessels. Someone to honor, someone to dishonor. But you have to be careful that you must be fit. Fit. Say fit. You have to be fit for the master's use. You wonder, ah, why these guys, they like World War, you stay two hours, you're like, look, study. You say, why are you so particular about it? Must you break everything down like that? Yes. Yes. Because the enemy of your soul is counting on it not being broken down. He's counting on you making assumptions concerning it. Because... Because he, he knows how God is framed. Satan knows how God is framed. When he's designing the world, he's designing the world with, to include 
pulls towards tendency as against the discovery of God. That's why, just to teach what I'm teaching now, I have to be worrying with understanding. All kinds of faces. Ah, is this one under, is this one understanding? Does this one like did I just offend that person? Why why the way I said this thing is that bad? Why <laughs> it's just worrying against my heart. It's my heart. As I'm as I'm teaching, I'm fighting war against my heart. Not to say, say, ah no, don't go that deep. Don't divide it too much. This is okay. This is what they can take for now. Spirits are talking. Spirits are worrying because they fight what? They fight accuracy of doctrine. If doctrine is not accurate, you can cut off a whole generation out of the way. And sometimes it might take another generation to come afresh again for God to try and do apostolic work to bring, to find, lay the foundation accurately. Are you getting what I'm saying? But God is, God wants to look more people who are interested in, who don't want to assume things. Who knows that God is a serious fellow? Yeah. When I say serious, I don't mean he's mean. He doesn't smile. I mean that God is not a... He's not a... What do you think about it? Kind of God. <laughs> do you agree with that? Some of us feel God is like that. My child, what, what do you think? Hmm? God is not that what do you think kind of God. Uh, amen. God is a, it has been settled before they thought about you kind of God. Before you became a thought in my mind, all this th- matter has been settled. I just want to have mercy on you to tell you what it is. You have no say about it. You have no opinion about it. Ah, oh God, why is God so wicked? Why did uh if God is there, why did Hitler kill 8 million Jews? That's your own problem. <laughs> you are the one that's assuming that that's a problem to God. You not start to think that that might not really be a problem to him. That those so-called 8 million Jews, he created them. Are you getting what I'm saying? You're our whole frame. So, because you need to understand that you're a creature. You're nothing more than a creature. You have to fear. You have to fear. You have to know that, that there is the pattern of how you should grow. It's established. They didn't ask for your input concerning it. It's a meekness. That's why it's to him that is of a broken and a contrite spirit. That's him. That he, he who God will look at. He said, if you're not broken, I won't even look at you. Talk less of even talking to you. Unto this man will I look. Check, is the heart broken? Then is it, con- what's the meaning of contrite? Contrition means acceptance of guilt. I'm not right in any way. That's the, that's the prerequisite of coming to God. The first thing you must say is that God, I'm not right. God, I don't know it. I don't assume. You know that high-mindedness? Let's see, what, what are they saying in this place? You know guys who judge preachers? They don't, they don't stop to ask themselves, okay, this thing I'm using to judge the preacher, is he correct? This head, first of all. <laughs> you know people assume that just because it doesn't make sense to me, means something is, is not right. <laughs> what pride? What arrogance? What is inside your brain? 
that makes your brain the ruler that used to judge things. God is looking for people who will be meek, 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 meek to learn. Poverty of heart. Poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus said that the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the meek. If, if you are not meek, forget about gospel. You will argue and argue till you die. You will never, gospel will never near you. See, when you're talking about gospel, God, teaching God, they are teaching things that you don't know anything about the way of God. You see, you can calculate and then summarize in all your logic, and your logic is 100%, and God is not near where you are. You can calculate in all your sense. This is evil. God will say that's what should happen now. You say, but God, this is evil. God, this is not right. God will say, I created right and wrong. I'm the one who decides what is right and what is wrong. So the problem with the Bible is that why did God say they should keep some people in the Old Testament? They forget that. There's no time, please. <laughs> see, I'm just saying this to me. See, if you if you have at that level of argument, run away from that place very quickly. Move up. Tell somebody move up. <laughs> move up. Don't live here. Hmm? Don't live here. Let your let your let your set, how you approve things. Let it not come from here. Yeah. Learn to approve things from here. Yes, from here. Here, here, your heart. Then to use this faculty. There's a faculty here. That when you start judging from here, God likes that. Even if you might not be correct to start with a lot of times, but God, now you are acting like a reasonable, like a normal, you know, like somebody who, 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 who is living. When you're living from here, what I mean by that is that you you realize that, that you don't magnify logic. You realize that there are more important things than logic. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're talking about study. Say study. 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 It's not locking yourself in a room for five hours and trying to crack, crack the Bible. That's not studying. Studying is a, is a studious disposition of the heart. The, the heart that wants to get it correctly. That's looking for, that you don't want to make an assumption. You, you, you know and you first of all agree that there is a defined interpretation and a defined pattern. Amen. Concerning God's plan. So you must study to show yourself approved unto who? Unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. What are you working on? What was the workman working on? This workman is not a preacher. This workman, because you're talking about approval to God, is the working in your soul. That's your first primary ministry to every person. Everybody's a minister of the gospel. Every Christian 
is a minister of the gospel or is a worker for God. Even the preacher on the pulpit, his first work is his own soul. Your first work is your own soul. Your first work is your own soul. And if you don't do the work well, one day you'll be ashamed. When time for approval. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so this thing of, we're talking of pattern, right? Of building patterns. You know, so he brought the, when it comes to approval to God, he now said that there is actually a foundation for that approval or for God to come. There's a foundation that God must see. God must approve a foundation. And then you now say, okay, upon this foundation, I want to now build my own. Upon this foundation. When I'm talking of building, I'm still talking about still the betterment of the soul to receive the ultimate reward of the, of the inward spirit, the very nature of God. So it says, and that thing is this foundation, standard sure, verse 19, having the seal that the Lord knoweth them that are his. So this seal, he knoweth them that are his. He knoweth them, and let every man, what? That knoweth the name of Christ, depart. Now, are you seeing, look, read this verse very well, compare it with the words of Jesus. When he said, they will come to me, Lord, Lord, and say, right, we've done many what? Mighty works in your name. We've done mighty, many mighty works in your name. Amen. Then he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. What is telling them? You don't have the seal. That's what he's trying to tell them. Or you don't have the foundation. I don't see the foundation. You did things, but I don't see the foundation in you. How do I know? Because the foundation has a seal that the Lord knoweth them that are his, but I never knew you. And what is the seal? The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let them that name it the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But rather, you are a worker of iniquity. So, instead of being named by my name, you were doing things in my name. Are you seeing all those things? They are in this verse here. Paul is explaining why those guys were not accepted. It's actually because they lacked the foundation that God approves of. Now, this now gives us a sight, a little bit. We can just end here. Is that, you see, every foundation, this one of the, we're looking at the pattern now, the pattern of the development of the soul, right? That, that, that skin, that wine skin, or that garment of security, and also the, the, the vessel which God wants to drink from. In the development of that thing, amen, you know what they are? They are, you will find foundations. Foundations. So when you see a soul that has been developed, it's a soul that has foundations. Now, but you now see that every foundation is also a seal. 
Do you agree with me? That every foundation is what? Is also a sea. Every foundation. Every foundation. Okay. Why do you say here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting, what's your revelation, your sense of what I said? Okay. Um, okay, the way I see it is when the foundation is in place, as we know, a seal is like um, something that certifies that um, this thing has passed. So it would then be the next thing that they can build the next allocation on. So um, if we use that scripture, that they are, um, let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So it is on this foundation that God will come to and then begins to do his own work. So basically what I caught was, once you have a seal, it's a cap to show that, okay, this is approved. The next work of building can then go on top of that. Uh, Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So there's no, there's no gap in understanding. Very clear. I, I can't explain things like that. Are you sure you shouldn't be the one preaching this thing? <laughs> I always feel like to explain one little thing, it will take me like 10 minutes. I will still be explaining the same thing. Eh? Please have mercy on me. <laughs> Maybe this meeting should be taking like one hour normally, but because of my infirmities. Amen. That was so clear, right? That's so clear. To, for something to be a foundation... For it to really be a foundation, to carry it, to carry the weight of what needs to come on it, it has a measurement. It has its, an actual, it has a quality that is almost quantifiable. That, you, that is, when you get to that level, that level, the quality is a seal, is a seal of quality. When you seal it, it's a sign that more something can be added on top of it. Now you see that so in, in a soul that has been built by God is a soul that has come into multiple seals. Multiple what? Seals that as the soul is growing, his soul is walking. It's walking. It's walking. Change is happening. The Lord comes and he checks it at, the, at some point. Ah, he has, he has this. So we seal it. Now we can then authorize another work. That authorization of another work is the authorizing of the opening of another dimension of the oracle. The oracles is to build in the soul things at a level. Based on what seal the soul has come into. Do you agree with me? So it means that the milk of the world has a seal. The meat of the world has a seal. The strong meat of the world has a seal. Because the, the, the milk of the world is the first foundation. That a soul that's been, that wants to grow up to be approved to God 
must have. And in the book of Ephesians 1, they spoke concerning that seal. Am I correct? Very quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you glory. Karma Shata. Father, we thank you for, for light, for understanding. Now, this verse has thrown some people off before. Um, in verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, from verse 11, in whom, we, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the word counsel of his will. This is what I was just explaining a, long, a little bit ago. That he, God doesn't work things according to the counsel of your will. It's according to his own will. Not according to your When you say, oh, Lord, Lord, I'm praying. God, do this. If God really wants to walk in you. There, it's not every prayer God answers that involves a walk. If it's a prayer that doesn't involve a walk, then it doesn't involve the will of God. It means that when God does that thing, it's not, according, it's not doing something according to his pattern. And many Christians pray and relate with God on that level. But when God wants to answer a prayer that involves his work being done, your will must not be involved. Do you agree? But that's that John 15, that if, if you... If you abide in me, and then my word abide in you, then you will ask me what you desire. You no, know, we took that thing and said, you can ask what you desire, it shall be done. In the first part is that in the process of you abiding in him, and his word abiding in you, they change your will to his own. Then they now say, then you ask me what you will, because that will, they removed your will already. So it's not anything you will that you ask and it will be done. That's not the scripture. You have to know what they're talking about there. This word must abide in you. Then you ask. So a real, real, real askers are those who can ask according to his will. Those are the guys that Satan is afraid of. Satan is not they're afraid of empty hearts and empty heads praying for six months and fasting. He's not afraid of that. In fact, what do we need to do to help them pray? Because you know that as long as you, can, you are praying, you are, you, are, you are occupied with praying, you will not stop one day and think, um, okay, what if God is thinking something else? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So sometimes Satan will even foil the prayer. Okay, is it six months? Can't you do a year? Is it possible to do a year? As long as the heart is empty or the heart contains his own things. Most, most me pray as people pray, we pray devil's things to God. It's, it's Satan's prayer point that we pray because we have no, no knowledge of the will of God. But the guys who Satan fears are, are people who, is not, they are not trying to prove anything. I prayed for 30 days straight. They, are not, that's not, they, they have eyes. They understand what matters. They know that the effectual fervent prayer, the, the, the prayer that availeth much, is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Who is a righteous man? A man that has revealed righteousness. Like Paul said, my heart desire to pray to God for Israel. Romans chapter 10. My heart desire and prayer to God for Israel 
is that they might be saved for they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish what? Righteousness. They have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. So many of the prayers we pray is zeal without knowledge. Satan likes that. He sponsors such prayers. But some guys can pray and pray, but okay, can you sit down and learn knowledge? Soul becomes weary. Sleep setting, all kinds of things begin to happen. Because they are not conscious of pattern. They want to pray, they want to do things. Hey, let's get it done. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, everything. But hey, there's a pattern, sir. Do you know it? Do you assume you know the mind of God? Concerned? Do you know the amount of investment it takes to arrive at God's mind for something? Do you know the depth, the, lay, the amount of work of revelation knowledge? How they have to immerse the soul by the spirit of revelation. To be, they have to be breaking, removing layer by layer thoughts that Satan has installed for decades inside a man. Different ways of thinking, ways of reasoning, how a man summarizes and judges things that has a background that sponsors different way of thinking according to the world. It takes time, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, for a, for a soul to rise, to be a soul of consequence, spiritually, on the earth, on the earth, that would be a being of knowledge. Time must have been invested. Such is so. Praise the Lord. So let's quickly read this Ephesians chapter chapter 1. Amen. It says that so God walketh all things according to what? The counsel of his own will. We need to accept that according to the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. So the counsel of his will is that we who first trusted in Christ, that's the new birth, should then be to the praise of his word, of his glory, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after ye believed, ye were then what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Praise God. So this seal of the Holy Spirit is not they've sealed you completely. That's the end of everything. Now go and win all the souls for Jesus. That's what we thought this thing meant. But that seal is just talking about this Ephesian church, the state where they were in, which we've been teaching about, where I just heard of your faith and your love to all the saints. Means that the place they had got into was just maturity. Of the milk of the word. So that is the seal of the Holy Spirit that they had. Is the first seal a believer has. That is the first foundation. So and why did, why would if everything is finished? Why would they call him the Holy Spirit of Promise? Is that, so the first seal is the seal of promise. What is the seal of promise? I mean, this is just the beginning. There are things to come. Actually, the, 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 that John said, this is the promise which he has promised us, even eternal life. So, the life of God is the promise. But this seal is actually the word, the first seal, amen, of promise. Amen, that which is 
the earnest, that word means a pledge. Earnest means a pledge, a token of, or a down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto what? Then wherefore, I also after I heard of your faith and your love toward the sense and all of that. I see the flow of this thought where it came from. So, so the first seal in his soul, which is the seal, which is what the milk of the word is meant to do for his soul, is to give his soul the first seal or the first foundation. The first kind of foundation his soul will have is the first foundation of the milk of the word, which is the seal of the Holy Spirit. Like it's a Holy Spirit soul. Show me seven men full of the Holy Ghost, full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost. Means those are men who have received the seal of the, of the promise of the Holy Spirit of what? Of promise. Amen. Of course, we know the next seal is what we just read. Is the seal of Christ, right? That they, them that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity, the foundation of God. So the next, so the first seal is the foundation of Christ, which is the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the milk of the word. That's what we are seeing from Ephesians. Then the next seal is called the foundation of God. Standard sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let him that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So those who have the seal of Christ are those who are ready to depart from iniquity. They are ready to begin the, the journey of departure from iniquity. This depart doesn't mean they are doing iniquity. The word depart means they want to take a departure. Now, departure means they want to leave the vicinity of, of iniquity. They want to leave the world of iniquity. And that's what the life of God in his soul is for. They want to rapture a soul in a place where iniquity can never reach. To make a soul completely immune eternally. Give you an everlasting separation from iniquity. But a soul must have the foundation of Christ in them for that to happen, which is the seal of Christ. But there's still another seal. In the realm of God, there's another seal. That's the final seal. When, they, when a soul has received that seal, ha! That seal, that is the seal that they look for, that God looks for when he wants to pour his wine inside his soul. It's more than the seal of Christ. Is the seal they spoke about in Revelation chapter 7. You see who they seal with that seal. These are the three seals. Amen. Amen. That its soul or three seals or the three foundations that his soul should have in him. Very quickly, amen. Revelation chapter 7. If you are there, say amen. amen. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hold the earth and the sea, saying, Hold not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed 
the servants of our God in their foreheads. So the first thing was a seal of the milk of the word. Then the second one is a seal of Christ. Then there's a seal which they seal the servants of our God. It's another seal. So it's a seal for those who have been serving God, who have fulfilled the service of God. Means they fulfill the service for, of God's life. The service of God's life entails the, the part of the change of the soul that involves equipment for the very life of God. It's another training altogether. That is what you call, what the, the word for that service is called the strong meat of the word. That's the portion of the oracles of God. That's necessary to bring a man to that level of seal. So the oracle of the milk gives the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise. The oracle of the meat of the world gives you the seal of Christ. The oracle of the strong meat of the world gives, gives the seal of the living God. The seal of the living God is the seal of the everlasting God. Which, is, which will be received by people who standing upon the foundation of their Christ nature, are able to now begin to do the works of God, which are God's everlasting works. Are you seeing all these things? These are the works that God wants to do in every soul. And this soul, these works must be accomplished. And it will be accomplished in us. We will come to a place of celebration Amen. where the very person and the nature of God is no longer foreign to us. Amen. Why? Because our, our soul has gained the frame to be able to carry, to carry that, that wine. That's what we call eternal salvation, to be saved eternally. That's the salvation that Jesus authored. He became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Let's just begin to pray. Kalamoshi and to pretosi kalabatoria. The Spirit will grow, will increase, riding on the wings of your Spirit. Our calling is so sure. Our salvation draweth near. We are riding on the wings of the Spirit. 
We are rising up as man child to abide the mount of worship. We are riding on the wings of your spirit. We'll grow. We the spirit will grow will increase riding on the wings of the spirit oh our calling is so sure our salvation draweth near, riding on the wings of your spirit. We are rising up as man child to abide the mount of worship. Oh, riding. On the wings of Oh Shapranosta Priya Elona Pratakoha Krevin Krepesto Pratatala Parada Otias. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, we've tried, we've labored to come into the sight and the understanding which you want to give this morning. Let I pray, take these words and use them to build blocks in our soul. Let it reside as spiritual understanding. Fresh eyes by which we will see that will also guide our walk and our pursuit towards you. Thank you, Father. I ask, Lord, bless every soul here this morning. Let no soul leave this place without being blessed. Let there be a release, Lord, of thought. Holy Spirit, take this word and minister it again and again and again. Let this pattern be clear to every heart. And I ask me the clarity awaken a resolve even a decision within our heart, Lord, to never rest until these promises be fulfilled in us. Thank you, our Father. We receive strength for this week to break contrary winds, to abide, Lord, under your shadow, to stay upon the pasture, and, Father, to ride upon the wind of your spirit, even as you're helping us come into these things. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now forevermore. Amen. God bless you.
shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between